0: Now, <laughs> Rebel Nation, welcome to the Canon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline with Gary Darby, Chuck Roundsville, and Gordon Ford. And straight ahead to the five, to the two, to the one. In the end zone is Jerry and Ely. Touchdown, Ole Miss. Bringing you the lowdown on everything with Ole Miss Athletics. Dear side, there's a pitch. It's on the turf, and the Rebels recover it. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Be part of the show. Text in your questions and comments to 662 426 1093. That's 662 426
1: I guess you don't have to,
0: but you need to. Deal for Rodriguez, he'll go coast to coast, one-handed stuff with a
2: right hand. Swung on, fly ball, deep field, that ball is long gone, headed toward the scoreboard, hit right below it, and the Rebels take a one-to-nothing lead on a bomb by Tim Elko.
0: And here it is, we're underway in the Sugar Bowl. Now here's your host, Gary Darby
3: let's do this Monday night kind of thing as we have the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Gary Darby, Chuck, Ronsville, and Yancey Porter. We're all in the studio with you. We got Gordon coming up a little bit later on on the phone. We'll talk with uh, G. We've also got Carl Lafferty and many things to do. Happy Monday, fellas.
4: Absolutely, and uh, after a good weekend, I mean, the Rebel baseball team, Mm. their offense got back going good after kind of not a slump, but kind of piddling around against Louisiana Tech, and uh, I thought the pitching was even better. Overall, it was a little spotty, but just a good tournament up in Minneapolis.
1: Yeah, it's funny how a week or just a few days can create momentum and take it away. You left that Louisiana Tech series going, ugh, and then you go into Minnesota and you play like the preseason expectations. Hmm. They just looked unbelievable.
3: La good. Yeah, I, I, I learned that, you know, because I did the game on Tuesday, and, and they're going to win a lot of games, whether they're yeah. a tournament team or whatever. I don't know, but that was uh, it was are. a good bunch. But the pitching does have to still improve, right? There were still some things, and I'm sure Carl will say that when we, we have him on a little bit later on. But these dudes can hit. I mean, this one through nine, it's no joke, man. It is no joke.
1: And defensively, fielding out a 992 clip, just, yeah, I've never heard of that. That
3: is crazy. And and the guy that's made the three errors is—that's the shock to me. Leje is uncorked a couple of throws, that's but you it. but you look you, two of them. You look two. at him, and and he is smooth at third base, oh. and it's just it's it's amazing. And and Mike addressed that with Richard Cross a little bit earlier on. If y'all were listening to to that program about things defensively and how you know the addition of Groff, has given you the the, the center field a, a little better look. McCants moves over to right, which has changed right field and how that's played. You still got the middle infield back, and you're striking out a lot of guys. So there haven't been quite as many opportunities to boot baseballs <laughs> as as you would think in these first few games.
4: Well, I wanna it's tell been you, great up the middle. I think we're as good as we've ever been, and we've and we've been good up the middle a lot in Mike Bianco's <laughs> oh, tenure. Yes, uh, but between Gonzalez and Chatigny and, and Groff, man, there's there's no holes there.
1: It always starts up the middle. But, guys, look, the elephant's in the room. My boy Chucky broke the news today he did. that Chris Beard is meeting with today with uh, Keith Carter and Glenn Boyce, and that's what everybody is on their mind right now. This could be absolutely monster news. Well, I'm looking the at the text
3: messages, right? Yeah. That's all we got. <laughs> it's, yeah. When do we? When are we hiring? Will it be? What do you think? All of that. So when we get to yeah. the text messages, well, we'll, we'll answer a lot of that for you.
4: Just the just the idea that Chris Beard is still in it tells me that he vetted out favorably or enough that they want to continue talking with him. Now, I, I do know they talked to him today, but I don't know how far along this is. Uh, because I've talked to some other people over the weekend that said they're still talking to other candidates, too. So, you know, I don't think people need to jump to any conclusion that it's a done deal with Chris Beard. But the fact that he's in it and he's such a terrific candidate, I mean, I'd have to say he's the leader in the clubhouse.
3: Early part brought to you by First South Farm Credit, 100 years of experience. They help us in communities and agriculture, so help. You, with your financial journey, they can do it at First South Farm Credit. And now let's get five things from Yancey. They're brought to you by the Outback Steakhouse and our friend Steve Grantham. Nine different locations in Mississippi and Tennessee. This is brought to you by Outback Steakhouse.
1: Thought number one, i like to brag on my partner of the last 25 years in Chuck Roundsville. He's been on absolutely fire with the breaking news in the past year. The latest is the news that former... Texas head coach Chris Beard is meeting with Keith Carter and Glenn Boyce today for the coaching vacancy. Chuck has broken every single piece of old Miss news that is not, noteworthy this past year, whether it's recruiting, injuries, or coaching candidates. Chucky has broken the news. Kudos, my man. I don't care what anybody says. You aren't over the hill quite yet. Thought number, two. Almost. <laughs> Thought number two, my opinion is this. The Chris Beards of the world don't become available for a school like Ole Miss, but once a lifetime. It would be an absolutely downer if the Rebels don't land him. Thought number three, has anyone noticed that Ole Miss is fielding at a 992 clip this season with only one player making an error through uh, 12 games in baseball? Simply amazing. Thought number four, speaking of stats, you know I'm a stat geek. Chucky. Ole Miss is second in hitting at a 353 clip, third in home runs with 23, first in defense at a 992 clip, and eighth in pitching with a 467 ERA. Last thought, if you look at the pitching stats, though, for the Rebels a little closer, you'll see the arm talent is there. They are second in the SEC in strikeouts, and the opponents are only hitting 217 against Ole Miss. The glaring number is they're they are giving up the second most waltz in the SEC. That's where experience comes to play. That will get better with each outing there. Put it on the dominant.
3: 662-426-1093 if you want to text message in. 662-426-1093. Back with our other partner, Gordon Ford's on the other side next.
6: To make an appointment, call 662 513 2000 or visit oxfordortho.org.
0: You're listening to the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Canon Motors.
3: Coming up in the second half of the show, Ole Miss pitching coach Carl Lafferty. We will discuss the 10-2 and two Ole Miss Rebels. They take on Southern Miss tomorrow in a super regional matchup as we'll get uh, the Rebs and uh, the Golden Eagles. David Kellum and uh, Brad Henderson will have the call of that one tomorrow. And then you've got basketball we'll get into at the end in our in our news that's going on and different things happening. But now we're going to talk to our man Gordon Ford. <laughs> Hadn't been in in a while. Gee, how are you, buddy?
7: I'm hanging in there, brother. How about you?
3: All good. Glad to hear that voice.
7: I am. I'm having to throw my dogs out, man. They're kind of going wild on me. But, yeah, Gary, I've missed you. I've missed everybody there. And uh, hopefully in the next three or four weeks I'll be okay.
1: G man, Chuck broke the news today that Chris Beard is talking with Ole Miss today. What what are your thoughts on Coach Beard and, and just that news?
7: Oh, between you and me, I, I think that he's been the number one target all along. Uh, I think you know he was a head coach at Arkansas Little Rock at one time and Keith and Hunter um, and Carpenter. Hunter, uh, I'm trying to think
1: Hunter Carpenter Carpenter.
7: are big buddies and you know when he was at Arkansas Little Rock you know, Stevens is a big sponsor of Arkansas Little Rock Athletics and I think that's probably how they got in touch and I truly believe he's been the top candidate uh, right now. And, of course, his domestic dispute has kind of held him up. But uh, he's going to be involved in some jobs if he doesn't get the Ole Miss job.
1: What Talk about his style of play. We know he's a defensive guy, and he, he does run that half-court motion offense like Kermit did. Do you think – That's a hindrance at all from a fan standpoint because they wanted to get back to up-tempo, slinging threes everywhere. Well, really, you know, Beard plays very similar to the way that Kermit did.
7: Yeah, but one of the things about Kermit, and this is one of the criticisms of him at the end, and like I said, he did a lot for us and he was on our show. But anyway, you know, a guy makes a mistake, he yanks him. Uh, Chris Beard lets people play. And it's evident, I mean, he took Texas Tech to the national championship. They got up and down the floor, and they did play very good defense. But I think that right now, I mean, you know, who who can you get better than him? I mean, this guy's probably top five, ten coach in the country. Would you all agree?
1: Yeah, I'd say top three. You know, another complaint of the fans uh, with Kermit was how much he yelled at the players. Uh, I don't think fans get to watch other games. I was watching Michigan State Saturday, for example, and Izzo just absolutely just dog-cursed one of his players. I thought the player was going to cry, but, you know, you're going to get that from Beard. Um, he's going to make uh, Kermit look like a choir boy. What What are your thoughts on that from a fan perspective?
7: Well, I mean, I think he'll get on to him, but I, and I think he'll get on constructively. But I can tell you right now, uh, if you can play, I just think that, uh, you know, he didn't have a lot of guys transferring out. And he said great recruiting classes. And answer to your question is I, I don't think it's really going to be that much, you know, uh, an effect on people because he's going to have really good players and they know the deal when they come in.
4: A friend of a friend of mine, whose uh, son was a manager at Texas when Chris Beard was there, said that the players absolutely love him. That they will run through a wall for him. That he is extremely tough on them in practice, but he doesn't. You know it, that doesn't go over into the games as much. But that he's really hard on them in practice, and he demands a lot of them. But they respect that, and and he said. You know, he's never had seen any situation where any player was dissatisfied with the coaching he was getting. Guys when one I look at is, it I'm sorry. Yeah, you
1: know,
7: one thing is, Chuck, that he's also a Bobby Knight disciple too. And he was with Bobby Knight the first time at Texas Tech. And, you know, he's gonna get on the guys during practice and all that, but I think he's gonna let them play. And the bottom line is Look at the success he's had. He took Texas Tech to the national championship. Do I need to see any more?
3: Here's now to Gordon's point and, and the stuff that Chuck is liking, to yours, bringing up Tom Izzo, being around the NBA, and you got Jaron Jackson and you got Xavier Tillman that's with the Grizzlies that I can see, and then others, Draymond Green. You can get yelled at if you're going to the Final Fours and you're going to the national championship and you're getting into the league. Like those coaches get their guys, like Chris Beer gets his guys. Mm-hmm. They'll take that. That's the, yes, yell at me. I need that. Let's do that. And then he gets them to play. Cause yes, they're giving them, giving them that yelling and screaming. Yes. But he is somebody they'll play for, but listen, play for.
4: let's not act like this is a done deal. Correct. No. This is a very good year for coaching ca- candidates for Indeed. men's basketball. And he's not the only good coach out there. He may be. The best coach out there that I know of, uh, what my limited knowledge, but he's not the only good one out there.
1: Chuck, who else, or or G-Man, uh, your opinion, too, who are one or two other that you've heard to be candidates that pique your interest?
4: Well, well Ryan, Ryan Oak.
1: Yeah. Go ahead,
7: Gordon. Ahead. Dusty May is one. I mean, he's 28-3 and three in Conference USA right now. Uh, a lot of people think, that he might get the Nutter Jane, Dame job. He's from Indiana. He was a manager under Bobby Knight at Indiana. You know, he worked under Mike White, and a lot of people said some good things about him. Uh, you know, Grant McCaslin. He's the name that's come up, but they say that he runs a slow down offense. And uh, Chris Mack. I mean, Man. who was a very good coach and kind of got into it with the people at Louisville. I think he isn't a good coach, but. If you ask me right now who I would want, it would be Beard. So,
4: Ryan Odom is also a guy that's been tossed around Utah a lot in Utah State. He runs the up-tempo. Uh, I think his team is leading the world in three-point shooting, which means you know he knows how to get his guys open. And he knows how to recruit guys that can hit the shot when he gets them open.
1: And they're European guys, guys yeah. that Ole Miss would be able to get.
4: Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, I, I think he did a, a great
1: l- job. I want to say he was at Maryland,
7: Baltimore County, and took them to the tournament. That's and right. I want to believe, uh, and he's Dave Odom's son, who yeah, used that's to be right. coach wow. Forest and, you know, had a know lot that. of success.
4: He so, was, he was the, know, six, he was I'm the okay 16 to the
7: I think he would do a good job.
4: And and I tell you, I like him too. I tell you, in talking with some of the higher ups at Old Miss, uh, they're also looking at one or two assistants at successful programs. So uh, I, I think they're dark horses, long shots myself, but uh, don't count that out. I mean, Chucky,
1: if they hire an assistant, and we're we're, we're doing this again in four years, man,
4: yeah. I mean, I'm really, just, really. I, I'm just telling you know, and and look you you got a chancellor in Glenn Boyce that loves basketball. Yep. Keith Carter loves basketball. Yep. They're going to do everything they can to hire a winner. But the chancellor also has the obligation to watch out for the integrity of our university. Sure. So that's the reason the extensive vetting of Chris Beard with his domestic violence issues is, um, Obviously, the charges were dropped, so that goes a long way in 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 a favorable decision. Uh, but at the same time, uh they're they're vetting him extremely hard. Yeah, and they should.
1: yeah, I like to I mean beard is definitely my number one, but the Utah state coach or, or Mac that's proven you know he's been what the three three of the uh, lead eights. Um they're uh, not even at Louisville with the school he's with before. Xavier. Xavier. So, uh, you know, it's, all a those guys, it's a good year. It's a good year. Yeah, I mean, how many Power 5 coaching uh, vacancies are there right now? I think um,
3: like two. Well, you, you'll see. This is the week. <laughs> I mean, this is a this, situation. This is the week where guys start oh, losing exactly. their Exactly. That's right? why this that's why the Ole Ole Miss start has losing to strike the job. it now. That's right. That's yeah. why
1: you made a change during the season, and you're risking – those three top 100 signees they had, which two have already, you know, opened back their recruitment and gotten out of their LOIs. So it was a risk in that in that uh, respect, mortgage in the future. So you got to take advantage of it.
3: All right, Gordon, thanks for being on with us, man. Feel better.
7: Gary. All right, man, thanks for having me. It's good to hear from you guys.
4: Gordon, take care of yourself, buddy. Thank you, G. Yes, sir. Gordon, you know Yancey's got on Olivia's socks. Come on. Yeah, his his 14-year-old girl socks. I, 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 it's unbelievable. We'll, Those little quarter socks we'll, that you can see a guy's ankles. We'll check, Those
3: girl socks. We can check them out at, uh, at the break. It's unbelievable. And we got text messages and more next.
0: Outback Steakhouse knows steak. Even better, the grills are always hot and ready for your favorites. There's nothing better than pairing a bold steak with a bloomin' onion and one of our signature cocktails. Drop in for a great lunch or dinner anytime for awesome food and a bloomin' good time. Either way, Outback has your back. Visit their locations in Dupelo, Hattiesburg, Meridian, South Haven, and with Mississippi. Also serving Jackson and Cordova, Tennessee. Outback Steakhouse
2: the insurance adjuster is never going to tell you everything you need to know to get a fair settlement. They're playing a high-stakes game of poker and hiding information from you, hoping you will take as little as possible for your injury claim. I'm Attorney Roberts Wilson. If you want someone who will fight to maximize your settlement and save you money, call my law office 662 533 Ninety-one eleven, or visit us on the web at we getjustice.com. There's no fee unless we collect.
0: More of the Rebel Yell Hotline presented by Canon Motors coming up next.
3: Right, my friends, we are going with the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Y'all hotline. Good to talk to Gordon Ford, having him on the phone line with us, talking a little basketball, which we're going to continue in these text messages because that is that is it at this point. Yeah, um, and we've we've been going over it a little bit, and and I won't read every one, but we'll do some of those. But if you want six six two four two six one zero nine three, and we've got Carl Lafferty coming up after the break. The one that I will read because we have talked and we can expand on the basketball thing is when is your guess as to how long? Before a men's basketball coach is well, named. I,
4: I talked to Keith Carter, uh, last Friday, third Thursday or Friday, and he told me it was going to be a two to three week window. Uh, now that could be accelerated, but that was his guess at that time. And I don't see any, unless, unless they're just knocked off their feet by Chris Beard and want to go ahead and announce something. Uh, I look for it to be a two to three week window from last Thursday.
1: Chuck, hypothetically, if they did end up with Beard and the meeting today goes great, do you think they would announce it before the teams finish playing on Tuesday and Wednesday, or do you think they wait until – after oh, the season's I, What
4: difference does it make? We don't have a coach.
1: It'd be a big distraction for the tournament, but I don't know. That would be <laughs>
4: for for the tournament. <laughs> what in the hell are you talking about? I mean, out of the out of
1: the consideration <laughs> for the players. Oh so.
4: man, they're gonna they're gonna play hard regardless. They played hard all year. Man, and kudos through. to them too. Yeah. I don't know
1: if y'all watched that Missouri
4: game. Yeah, they play hard. I mean, they just you know they just can't shoot. We've been saying it all. They're shooting year. It better
1: though, Chuck. Yeah, I mean they're, they're shooting are. it better. They are. They're averaging, guys, 8.5 more points per game in the SEC. They look the like they're playing
4: games. freer,
3: easier. And, I, look, it's got a weigh on a player, too, what was going on. Yeah. The losing games and is your coach back? Is he not back? Are you sure. playing to keep his job? Yeah. Stuff like that. So I think, um, I, I think they've just played a little bit freer and easier. So and Perry,
1: also took the center out, right? You're true? not seeing a center anymore. You're not going a true. with – you know, four guards basically in
4: breakfield. Yeah, That's yeah, made a big Yeah, difference. She thinks we're gonna win the SCG tournament and get a at large bid at the NCAA. Tournament. No, sir. That ain't happening. <laughs> oh Lord well, Hey, those socks have gone up to his brain. It sounds like I do hope they're
3: playing into the weekend it means I get baseball play by play against Purdue. So I'm hoping they win some games. Finan- financially that would be great for me.
1: Yeah th- <laughs> who they they're, gonna, they're gonna beat South Carolina. They get South
3: Carolina who they should have yep. beaten yeah. both times.
1: Yeah. And then then I think
3: then, it's Missouri. I've got the the tournament. To about, possibly even win that one. You were asking about the Power Five jobs that are open. Notre Dame is open. Bray yep. is stepping down. Texas obviously is open. Chris Beard's not going back yep. there. Um, and that's, whoever's
4: got them right now, those do a pretty good job. Yeah, Rodney Number Terry TC. is
3: the uh, is the acting coach there. Um, and I believe he was at Fresno State for a while. I'm not real sure, but he's been a head coach along the way. But that's it as far as power five schools are Three. concerned. And
1: like Chuck said, in next week after these conference tournaments are over, you'll probably have 10, 15. Oh, there are
3: going to be some it that start this be. week, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, so you better get it now or you're going to be fighting a lot of competition.
4: You know, the thing of it is, though, Yancey, SEC jobs don't come open that often. Sure. And we, I just I can't help but believe that we're a sleeping giant. Maybe not a sleeping giant, but we're a sleeping program that with the right person in here, we could win. I mean, we can win That's basketball. Rob Evans won. Andy Kennedy had some good years. I mean, NIL is going to be competitive. Uh, I think we can buy enough players. If you get the right coach in here, I think we'll pack the pavilion Old Miss loves good basketball. Old Miss hates bad basketball. Exactly. Okay? You
1: lose a few in basketball and the fans too. They're out. Well, I mean they just check out.
4: It's just the way it is. Yeah. But let me tell you something. Some of the most exciting old Miss sports events I've ever been to were in the tad pad when Keith Carter and Michael White and, and Jason Smith and Ansu Cissé were in there rocking and rolling, beating Temple, beating number one Arkansas. Kentucky. 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 Come Keith on, Carter man. Keith Carter jumped
1: up in the air from the free throw line on the rebound come, up from his free throws. Come on, man. Time dunked it on no, Valentine's. Woo.
4: Don't tell me that Ole Miss won't support good basketball. Oh, they will. Yeah,
1: no, will. no question about it. If Beard is hired, uh, I you won't find a seat available next year. I mean, and the thing I like about Beard, though, Chucky, is that if you look, we just went over his past few classes. When he got to Texas, he had seven transfers, had him in the tournament that very first year at Texas Tech before there were, you know, the portal. Back then, it was grad transfers, right? He was getting three or four year through that and meshed it together. I mean, and being able to be as successful as he was at Tech. That's something I'm looking for because that's kind of where Ole Miss is. They both got unbelievable arenas, but don't have the rich tradition. And I don't know. I just- well,
4: but, the, but the, you know, the recruiting part of it now is more identification and being able to afford them than it is building these big relationships over time. And, uh, so the dynamic of recruiting has changed some Yancey since he was at Texas Tech, but. He's still known to be a good recruiter, and he's still going to translate in the NIL world, in but, my opinion.
1: But, Chuck, you got to look at this. Some players do look at development and getting you to the NBA, right? All these players think they're going to get to the NBA, so you look at someone like Beard that is getting, you know, two or three players in the NBA every year, that's, that's big. Yeah,
4: oh, that's a selling point, no yes. question. Me but they just... like money first. Don't we all? <laughs> yes. That so is my wife.
3: CCMOxford.com for Kent. Cannon, Cleary, McGraw, they brought the text messages. Uh, Injury report in about a minute. We have any injuries we need to speak of?
1: Yeah, Chuck, you reported Sanders ain't going to be able to throw for the next couple weeks.
4: He's not throwing now. Yeah, Spencer Sanders, the transfer quarterback from Oklahoma State, is not throwing yet. Got a bum shoulder, and we'll see if that translates into March 20th when spring training starts.
3: Check out our friends at Oxford Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, OxfordOrtho.com. Carl Lafferty is next. I like
0: coconuts, <laughs> you can break them open, and they smell like ladies lying in the sun.
6: Celebrating 20 years in business, whether it's work or play, Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville.
0: Ole Miss football, basketball, baseball, and more are all right here on the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors.
3: Game Day Outlooks brought to you by the Faris Group, our partner in retirement. Oh, I don't know what the name of that is. I'd love to retire, but and maybe when the time comes they can help me with nearly ten decades of expertise in helping retirees invest and distribute the savings. They have offices in Ridgeland, Oxford, Little Rock, Baton Rouge. Give them a call toll-free, 1-877-327-3735. Let's talk some baseball with Carl Lafferty. Carl, how are
2: you?
1: Good. How are you guys doing tonight? Marvelous. It's awesome. We're Especially doing- after going 3-0 and like that. <laughs>
2: I hear you, man. I hear you. It's uh, it's always good when you can uh, win them all in the weekend. That's for sure.
4: So, uh, Carl, you know we have to start off by asking you what, where you think Hunter is. I mean, you know, we read that he's resting right now and hope to have an April return. Uh, but is there anything else to the story that we need to know?
2: No, I think he's. You know, he's probably going to be shut down for another week or so. Uh, then it'll be you know getting back in, and getting to a throwing program because obviously taking three weeks off it's not like you know he can jump back in there and you know start on Friday like he was um, he'll have you know uh, you know several weeks of of build up from uh, time playing long toss to you know a bullpen routine and, and what that exactly looks like I, I have, you know those are, that's one of the things that you you get into and you live with it meaning that. Um, you go, you kind of you know, sketch something out on paper and then you see how he responds. And so I think it's, you know, kind of like what Coach said, you know, sometime in the middle will be, uh, middle of April or, or whatnot is his expected return. And that's, you know, that's kind of where we are. So, uh, we're excited that, uh, you know, we got positive news, uh, from, you know, several different orthopedics that are obviously well respected in the baseball world and uh, they were able to, you know, give us some good information and, and, and set this plan forward. So it looks like we get have a really good shot of having him back and having him compete for us this spring.
4: That's good. That's great news, in fact. Uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, Riley Maddox's progress coming back from Tommy John. We've been hearing that he's throwing a little bit now and, and has gained back a lot of velocity. Is that true?
2: Yeah, he is uh he's he's doing well. Like he had his uh a bullpen today and again, he's not at full tilt, uh but he's, you know, he's throwing the ball really well. Uh we're excited with the way he's, you know, uh progressing through his, you know, rehab protocol and, you know, we're excited about the possibility of of uh of getting him back. Um and again, it's kind of the same way, you know, no no two human beings are the same. And so that's why, you know, it's it's hard to give a you know, an absolute date on, hey, this is the exact day when Hunter Elliott or Riley Maddox will be back because it's all about how they respond and they progress week to week and how they feel. Uh, And and certainly we're going to, you know, always err on the side of caution, especially with those two guys, to make sure that they're, you know, completely prepared and feel great the next time they, you know, step out there and, you know, live action.
4: I guess the question about Maddox is, is there a possibility that he can pitch this season? I think
2: there is. Um, again, that's that's obviously being very positive, um, but I, you know, I think there definitely is a shot. Now, will it happen? I don't know. Uh, it's one of those things. He's he's too good of a player and too good of an arm um, to try to push it. Uh, and and that, that's the thing about Tommy John. Some guys, it's it's you know, fourteen months before they're great, and some guys, it's ten or eleven, and, and you just don't know until they start making their way through their, you know, their rehab protocol and how they feel. And it's, it's particular to, you know, from, it's specific from kid to kid. So uh, hopeful. Uh, If it happens, great. Obviously that would be a a huge shot in the arm. Uh, If it doesn't, I mean, that's, you know, we fully understand and and knew that. Um, And obviously he'll be great for us next year, but, um, you know, I think he's been getting through the rehab process really well.
4: As a pitching coach, Carl, how has the new track man set up affected pitching this year, in your opinion? Because it seems like the strike zone has certainly gotten tighter in a lot of instances with a lot of umps. Am I reading that correctly or not?
2: Uh, no, there's, there's no question about it. Um, you know, walks are up, scoring's up. Uh, and part of it, you know, it, it's not, um, you know, I don't think you should try to sling mud at the umpires. That's how they're evaluated, you know, and those guys are yeah. competitive and, and, you know, they want, you know, uh, to be placed in in the postseason and have an opportunity to, you know, umpire in Omaha or regionals or super regionals, and so they're graded out. And, you know, the the thing that's changed and it's so different is when you guys watch or when people turn on the, the TV and they're watching, you know, a major league game and they're watching Max Scherzer pitch and they have the, the kind of the outline sketch of the strike zone, you're watching guys that get paid millions of dollars. Um, you know, while our kids, we may have some big leaguers out there, but this is their nineteen, twenty, or twenty-one year old version of themselves. And then we have a lot of guys that are going to be, you know, accountants or, uh, you know, just you know, professionals or you know, dads and husbands that that may not go on. So when you when you really shrink that strike zone to just what the box is, uh, man, that's where you're gonna you're gonna see you know walks go up because. It's an adjustment. You know, a lot of these high school kids have been used to getting pitches five, six inches off the plate, and so now, you know, it's bald, and, and it's an adjustment for them to figure out. So uh, there's no question it, it's had a it's had an impact and had an effect. And, you know, around college baseball, you know, pitching coaches have obviously talked about it because walks are up nationally. Um, so I think it's a very real thing.
4: Talk about how you think uh, this staff without Elliott, without Mallets, without Maddox has adjusted to – Bigger roles, uh, you got young guys that have been thrust into roles. I'm sure you didn't want to put them in this quickly. Uh, how you think everybody's responding? And, uh, you know, I mean, we understand that young guys got to get innings, you know, like Sonia and all those guys, they got to get innings. So how do you, how do you feel about it?
2: Well, it's uh there's a there's an old saying that the great thing about freshmen is they become sophomores. Um yeah. but uh you know, this this league will make you grow up, you know, quickly and, and obviously with conference play around the corner, um, they're really important pieces. It, and kind of I think the approach that you take is, you know, you realize they're freshmen. And while they're ultra talented, um uh, the big thing is you just have a have to have a process each week and cut it down to the simplest form of like, How are we getting better? All right how do we get better from one outing to the next it's not did you have a good outing or did you have a bad outing it was what was good in this outing all right let's continue to do that what was bad in this outing and what can we clean it up and fix it so you know over the course of you know the season that you feel like they're progressing like they're getting better uh sometimes baseball can be you know unforgiving you can have a guy flare a ball in or the ball didn't bounce your way, but when you look at it from a pitching standpoint, you go, okay, these guys are executing better pitches. Uh, The quality of their stuff is continuing to improve, and you see them starting to grow. That's what you're looking for as a coach because you know that the results will be tied into that.
4: Give us a couple of names that have kind of exceeded what you anticipated this soon in the season. I'm thinking about Braden Jones a little bit, but – you know, you're the guy that knows who who is kind of not want to say surprised you, but progressed a little quicker than you thought.
2: Well, I think the the name you just said, Braden Jones, is a good one. Uh, I've been proud of the way he's you know thrown the baseball. Obviously, he's you know pitching for the first time, and uh, he's come in there in some big spots and made some big pitches, and so have uh, been really proud of him. You know, obviously the freshmen that you talked about from Sanier to Tequoian's to Quins have been good. But even uh, Jordan Vera, I thought last week, came in and threw the ball well. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think that's kind of the evolution of the staff. You're just going to see, you know, see these kids continue to grow up. And, you know, that's the thing that we have to do as coaches, both, you know, Mike and myself, is just, you know, keep it very process-based. All right, what can we continue to improve on? And, you know, just stick with it and and give the kids that kind of focus, because obviously you can see the talent. I mean, that's, that's, that's very apparent they just don't have the experience yet but uh the more they can stay just literally i know it sounds coach speak but in you know process oriented i think the more they'll continue to grow as this season goes along
1: carl two guys that really caught my eye that have not been used much in speaking of those improvements from the first out in the second is the juco guy you signed tommy Henniger, and then mason morris out of Tupelo, their stuff just looks really good to me. You know, Mason got off to that rough start right at the beginning, and then once he got that first out, really, really settled down. Just talk about those two guys.
2: Well, I'm uh, very proud of Mason Morris. You know, that there's there's a nerves aspect for not only freshmen but newcomers, and even though it didn't go right for him the, a couple of times that he got in there, he still will compete and continue to attack the strike zone, and that's how you saw him. You know, kind of work out of a jam he created for himself uh there in his last outing but you know that's the thing that you know you talk about what was good well what was good is the way you stayed in there and competed you know and you didn't get flustered and and blow up um and i think the same thing for tommy i said you know for a lot of these guys it's it's getting that first bit of you know division one baseball experience and uh the more that we can do that the more again hopefully we'll see them to grow
4: how has mitch Morell? you told us the last time you were on that you anticipated him being a big help this year uh, has he come on like you anticipated so far?
2: Absolutely. Uh, Mitch has been great for us, man. He's, he's mature. He's been around. Uh, he does have the experience, and he's watched it. And, and now uh, I think he's throwing the breaking ball really well. I think he's throwing the fastball well. Um, and, and he has been a, a huge piece of our bullpen.
1: Carl, Sanye and, and JT Quinn, they really look like they're really coming on. Those guys just got plus arms.
2: Yes, they do. It's big time stuff, um, man. And, and like you said, it's it's uh, it's easy to see, and the sky is the limit for them. So, uh, really, really excited about those guys.
4: You you got the advantage, Carl. Of. Uh, not having to shut people out to win games with this offense.
2: <laughs> well, that's what I joke about. Nobody teaches the home run better than Mike Clement. Um, and, and certainly, you know, that is one place that we do have, you know, experience. And we're we're certainly excited with the, you know, the way that they're uh, – I mean, you look at it, you plug in Calarco, you plug in uh, Leje, you plug in Groff. And, man, it's, it's easy to be excited about those guys. Um, they're obviously – you know, really, really good players, and they just add so much length to that lineup.
4: And I like the couple of the young guys: Furness, mm-hmm. Udomark. I mean, those guys look like uh, they know what they're doing up there.
2: Yeah, they do. Uh, they know how to take it at bat, um, <laughs> and that's the the biggest thing when you you start talking about college. Nope. Whoops! Sorry, guys. I was. That's all right. I got switched over. Uh, the ability, you know. That's the biggest thing that you know I've seen from those young guys, and that's that's a level of maturity that that you really appreciate, um, and that sometimes doesn't it doesn't happen. But those guys can control the strike zone, uh, make good swing decisions, and, and man, they're easy to get excited about when you start talking about you know the the future of the offense you know, in Udermark and Furnace because it's it's a big time hit tool and big time power.
4: So let me uh, last question, Carl, and then we'll let you go. What do you do about a 50-year-old man that wears girls' socks? It's it's not me. It's not Darb. It's the other guy. That's Chuck's uh, wearing
1: Skeeter shoes.
4: Yes. Yes, he's Uh, got on his 14-year-old daughter's socks. You know, those little ankle cutters? And I I just don't understand it. uh, He doesn't know know style.
2: I, I would love to say that, man, I could I could offer something in that arena, but I'm I feel like I'm starting to get old. I, uh, I'm sure that my kids are, are getting to the age where. Uh dad doesn't know anything, and he's a bit of a nerd and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, man, I don't think I can pull off uh, 14-year-old chick socks either. So.
4: Yeah. Hey, please uh, please but, don't put your daughter's socks on someday accidentally. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, uh, remember that.
3: Hey, buddy,
4: will. thank you so much. We sure appreciate you being on, and, and great information, as Thanks, always.
1: Coach. Thank you, Good buddy. luck this right. weekend. Appreciate it, fellas. Thank you. Thank you, Coach.
4: That's our guy, Carl Lafferty.
1: Yeah. Um, look, you know, and I'm not beating down Mississippi State by any retrospect, but you look at what's happened to their pitching and you look at the consistency that is with old Miss, right? Even with all that turnover, what are they pitching? Two guys that even pitched on the staff last year? And Morrell know. barely pitched any. Um, I mean, at this point. JFD's really the Mason, only one. Mason yeah, Nichols. And Nichols, yeah.
3: Jack Doherty. And you're getting what? Um, Parento is getting a little. Yeah. He didn't get much last time. No, not. I think he's going to get more yeah. this time. And Jackson Kimbrell.
1: Yeah, and which is seldom used. So really, JFD and Nichols are the only ones that got meaningful innings last year. But the point being is how consistent. You just look, you know, down there at Mississippi State's what's happened to them the last couple of years, and you look at Ole Miss year in and year out, and who's been that pitching coach for how many years now?
4: Oh yeah. Carl. Carl's been there for for a long time,
1: and I, I mean that is a huge difference for your. We've program. talked a lot about to the walks. Consistent, you can't have a bigger turnover. And just think about next year's staff. I mean, yeah. they don't lose anybody. I mean, sixty
3: three walks, but one hundred thirty five strikeouts and one hundred innings for this pitching staff.
4: But I'm that, listen. To Carl said it, and and he, nobody else is bringing this up too much. But I'm telling you, this track man has made pitching tougher. Sure. In college baseball, there's no question about it. It I mean it nothing, has nothing off the black. It has Chuck, but a
1: lot of these programs in the SEC have got 30 and less. So we're doubling, even with the trap man, and that's because of the youth and experience. Yeah. Those these guys were not supposed to be in high lever situations. You you lose one of the best closers in baseball, one of the best aces in baseball, and arguably your best arm in base out on the old Miss staff, and now. I mean, that just throws you on, on your head. To your point, the,
3: the ERA is 4.6, almost 4.7, yeah. Yeah. and they're 10-2. Yeah, <laughs> and they tend to because they're hitting 350 and they've got 23 home runs. And when the balls hit to them, they're catching it. I think once the young dudes get plenty of time, you're going to watch.
1: Oh, the the pitch is going to get better get and better. better, and it's going to work in Ole Miss's favor with these injuries when you return Maddox and Hunter because these young guys would not have had that experience still, if they wouldn't.
4: Have. You're still at the end of the day you're going to see more runs in college baseball oh, no doubt. and more no walks doubt.
1: in college baseball. That's going to happen, yes, without question.
3: All right, Carl Lafferty with us tonight, and we thank him for doing that. Coming back, uh, we've got uh, recruiting, we've got SEC news, we've got the good, bad, and ugly as we wrap up another program on a Monday night.
0: Look good and feel good this new year by stopping by Great Scott at 4400 Old Can Road in Jackson. Check out the great sale items they have going on now, plus new merchandise arriving daily. They've been voted top 50 men's clothing store by Esquire Magazine, and they also offer a full-service old-fashioned barbershop, and their hours are 930 to 6 Monday through Friday and 930 to 5 on Saturdays. Make sure to follow them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Serving you for over 55 years, that's Great Scott at 4400 Old Can Road in Jackson employers are you paying too much for your group health insurance if so call brad camp with morgan white group brad can show our proprietary premium saver plan which could save you as much as 18 to 20 percent on your group health insurance premium brad can also show you our employee needs too offering human resource guidance payroll solutions 401k retirement plans and senior services morgan white group is your largest solely dedicated health and payroll insurance agency in the state of mississippi servicing all of your health dental vision and life insurance needs call brad camp at 662-259-5552. Hotty toddy and go, Rebs! More of the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Canon Motors. Coming up next:
3: Gary, Chuck, and Yancey one final time. SEC and Ole Miss news brought to you by Van Atkins Jewelers, South Leader in the State Jewelry and Diamond Solitaires. Van Atkins guarantees full satisfaction and chuck van atkins says you know she's worth it so the sec men's basketball tournament's going on in uh, in nashville and Ole miss and south carolina play the first game of that one that'll be wednesday night at six and so you have uh that going on as far as the sec is concerned a little Ole miss news today it was announced that the Gillum Trophy winner was from Ole Miss, and that was Angel Baker. She averages a little over 15 points per game, and she's been named as the top women's college basketball player in the state.
1: Yeah, that was well-deserved, too. She is the best player. Loves the ball in her hands in in the last minute, too. I like players that want to take that shot.
3: Red and Blue Chips Recruiting segment presented by the Grove Collective. Uh, they're trying to create and enhance the NIL opportunities for all Ole student-athletes, giving that level of protection and guidance in today's NIL marketplace.
1: Yeah, Gary and Chucky, we know that the, the portal does not stop uh, with the last one. Uh, there's still one more window, and Jackson State receiver Shane Hooks, that actually visited in January. He thought he was going to be able to transfer over, was not able to. He'll have to continue Jackson State through May. But he announced today his top five with Ole Miss in it with – Colorado, where Proms at, Cincy, a and and UNLV. He led the 6-5 receiver, led JSU in receptions this year with 64 receiving yards, with 748, and touchdowns with 10. I think that would be a really good replacement for uh, Malik Heath, who was really good in the red zone uh, last year. And then football visits. Ole Miss brought in several of their top targets, including several from Mississippi, Callaway, Wide receiver Jeremy Scott returned for his fourth trip. Old Miss Spirits, Zach Berry, the recruiting expert over there, put in his crystal ball for the Callaway Star to Ole Miss over State and Arkansas. Clarksdale cornerback Patrick Broomfield visited Old Miss's campus Friday. Old Miss State and Oregon have all offered and Chucky, you like this. He's six two. I know you like those tall corners. I heard
4: he's a good player.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he really is. Uh, I like him a lot. 2024, Shamar Darden out of Tupelo was in town Friday. He's a safety out of Tupelo that Ole Miss has offered, and Ole Miss and Southern have both offered him. Ole Miss has also offered their linebacker out of Tupelo. So the golden wave, were making the presence known again here at Ole Miss. 2024, tight end, which they're going to need another one, Colton Henrich out of Fort Lauderdale. And I always take note when players – Travel from across campus, to the Ole Miss campus. He was in Sunday. He's 6'3", 240, One of the top one hundred players in the country. His top list consists of Ole Miss, Tennessee, Auburn, Florida, and Georgia. All of offered. The number one running back in the state of Mississippi, in the 2025 class, a deer at equipment. Mississippi was in town Saturday. He's already Chucky six one two o five. Ole Miss, State, Penn State, Colorado, Tennessee, Florida State, and the rest of the free country have already offered. The 2025 prospect at equipment, and 2026. Goodness gracious, are we getting out there? I cannot believe Back I mean, yeah. Weston Attendance Center wide receiver Amari Johnson was in town on Sunday. Ole Miss State, Penn State, and South Carolina have already offered the freshman prospects. And then the last tidbit is Los Angeles, uh, California, four-star athlete Jason Mitchell. He's a number 88 prospect in the country. Um, he said that he'll be visiting Ole Miss in the next two weeks. And that's it.
3: All right, good, bad, and ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports, 155 Cracker Barrel Drive in Batesville.
4: Uh, the Ole Miss baseball team flexed its muscles in Minneapolis over the weekend, winning the 2023 Cambria College Classic by scoring 28 runs in three games, defeating number 13 Maryland again. Minnesota, and Nebraska by racking up a total of 39 hits over the weekend. The pitching was spotty at times, but some young arms got some important work and did some pretty good things, and that'll only help down the line as they mature. Mike Bianco is giving everyone on the roster a chance to show their wares before getting into conference play, and that's a good thing. The women's basketball team didn't win the SEC tournament, but their resume is good enough they'll be in the NCAA tournament, and that's certainly a good thing. The men's golf team is in second place after two rounds in Cabo, Mexico. The Rebels have one more round tomorrow and hope to hang on to second behind front-running Vanderbilt, who has a substantial lead. Um, We understand the search for new men's basketball coaches heated up, and we were told by a good source that Keith Carter and Glenn Boyce Talked to former Texas coach Chris Baer today. No word yet on how they went. Uh, bad? Well, this was actually a pretty good week. Nothing crazy or too bad to moan about. Spring football starts in two weeks after next week's spring break, and then we'll have a full slate of sports going on at the same time. The only thing bad is Yancey's socks.
3: <laughs> yes, one more time before we go.
1: Not as bad as those Skeeters. We need a picture.
3: We need a picture of socks put up on uh, on Twitter or something. <laughs> Take a photo. Good job, guys. Thanks to Gordon. Thanks to Yancey. Thanks to Rhino back uh, in uh, the studio as well. Show's done.
1: Hadi toddy.